Hi guys. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, as if you saw my Instagram stories previously, I plan to go live uh, to talk about your thyroid and how your thyroid could be sabotaging your weight loss efforts. So hopefully um, you can catch the live. Uh, last week I did a live with my friend Alyssa Blaze. We talked all about hormones with respect to weight loss. Unfortunately, um, as technology would have it, we couldn't save that. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try to post a little bit about different hormones um, for the next few weeks in order to talk about the hormones with respect to weight loss uh, and, and losing weight in general. So if you can join the live, feel free to ask questions below. I'll try to read them and answer them as I go. Uh, for those of you who cannot make the live, I will save this and add it to my IGTV, add it to my Facebook, so you can rewatch the replay later. So basically what I wanna talk about is today I wanna to talk about the thyroid and how it's involved in weight. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about what the thyroid is, what testing is required to fully evaluate the thyroid. And then after I'll go into a little bit of my notes in terms of what the research has shown and why I believe that testing a full thyroid panel is always the way to go and making sure that we're getting that comprehensive information that we really need to actually evaluate the thyroid. So first things first, of those of you who do not know what the thyroid does or don't really have a great idea, the thyroid you can look at as the master of your metabolism. So it truly helps regulate all of the functions in your body that have to do with your metabolism. So um, it plays major roles in anything from nervous system development and maintenance. Uh, it plays a big role in obviously weight loss, but also your digestive system. So that peristalsis, that movement that allows you to have a bowel movement or gives you loose stool on the flip side. So it does play a really big role in our digestive system. And it really um, can give us a number of symptoms if our thyroid is overactive or underactive. And so when it comes to weight in particular, uh, usually what we're dealing with is an underactive thyroid. So everything is kind of slowing down. When we're dealing with an overactive thyroid, everything is really ramping up. So you can think about it in the way where if we had an underactive thyroid, we're more likely to be tired, sluggish, maybe have depression, hair loss, we might have trouble losing weight, we might have constipation. Uh, so those digestive functions will be slowed down. So everything is slowed down. Um, we might have a slower heart rate and that can actually get really, really dangerous if our thyroid is too far in the underactive stage. But on the flip side, if our thyroid is too overactive, that can also be dangerous. We get everything ramping up, sweating, uh, diarrhea, heart palpitations, uh, and a lot of symptoms to the other opposite way. And so we need to really be careful if we're getting things like heart palpitations that we make sure to evaluate the thyroid because that can be a real player in a symptom such as that. So it's not always anxiety uh, or something that we might assume to be anxiety. It's always good to get the thyroid checked out as well as obviously your heart if you, if you have symptoms like that. So like I said, today's focus will be predominantly on the underactive side because that's how it usually pertains to weight loss. And so really, if you think about it, it's your metabolism master. And so if it's underactive, 
everything's gonna be moving slower. These are often the patients I see that come in and they are tired and they've been doing everything that, they, that they've seen to do uh, to try to lose weight and nothing is working no matter what. They're reducing their caloric intake, they're changing their diets, they're exercising. And unfortunately, a lot of time when it comes to weight loss, especially with women, men seem to respond really well to a simple change in diet and an increase or a change in their activity, uh, the difference, uh, different activities or different types of exercises tend to work really well. When it comes to women, we have so many hormones that are at play at any given time that that can really play a major, major role in our weight loss efforts, sabotaging it or helping it. And so when we're looking at weight loss from a hormonal perspective, we really need to make sure we're checking off all of the boxes that we should be checking off while we're trying to lose weight so that we know that, so we're not sabotaging our efforts essentially with going too low uh, on a caloric scale or exercising too hard, which if your hormones are not in a place that they should be, actually that can make things worse and that can make it harder for you to lose weight. So going back to the thyroid, we understand how it contributes to weight gain or weight loss. And now making sure we have proper testing is really the key when it comes to the thyroid. I have a ton of patients that will come in and tell me, I've looked at my thyroid, my doctor has run the lab test and everything is fine. I don't have a thyroid problem, that's ruled out, we can move on. And my response to that is always, what have you had tested with respect to your thyroid? Because when we're looking at the thyroid, it's not just as simple as one blood test, one time. And so I'll elaborate a little bit more on what that means, but virtually what happens is when you go to the doctors and you say, hey, I wanna check my thyroid, oftentimes what they'll do is they'll check one marker and it's known as TSH. And so simply put, what TSH is, is it basically shows the communication between your brain and the thyroid. And so we're either telling the thyroid at any given time to make more hormones or don't. And so that's gonna be the response that we're gauging when we look at TSH. So it's assumed that if we are making the proper hormones, our TSH will kind of go back to the normal range. And if we're not making enough hormones, our body goes, okay, make more hormones and TSH starts to rise up. And so a couple things with that is when we look at lab tests, any given lab test, not just thyroid, but there's always a normal range. And so there's always a, from here to here, you are considered normal. And when we just think about that on a broader scale, if we're looking at how labs come to these conclusions, really, how would you come to these conclusions? You do a bunch of tests, you see where the healthy population falls, and then you say, okay, based on us testing the healthy population, our range is gonna be from here to here. If you fall with outside that range, you are considered hypothyroid. So if your TSH is high, your thyroid can be considered underactive. And if it's low, it can be considered overactive. The problem is a few things. One of those things is that there is an optimal range. So yes, there is a range that is considered healthy. That doesn't mean people feel the best that they can feel in that range. And there actually is research to suggest that when it comes to weight loss, there is a few pounds difference between people who are still in that range. So for example, if the range is 0.3 to 4.5,
there's a difference between people who have a TSH of let's say 2.5 and 3.5 or closer to 4. So there is an actual difference when it comes to looking at it from a weight perspective just on its own. And so that's one thing to consider. The other thing is, again, looking at that optimal range, trying to get people feeling their best. Just because you feel better at your TSH of three, that doesn't mean somebody doesn't feel better on their own scale at a TSH of two or 1.5. So again, there is individual considerations to make. We, we need to look at your symptom profile. What are you experiencing? What does your TSH look like? Beyond TSH, since that is the one that's most commonly run in the labs, that's kind of what I wanted to start with in terms of just explaining that it's the most common one done and kind of how to look at that and how to interpret it a little bit beyond your normal or your not. And so there's other markers that we need to look at. Two of those are the actual hormones, so T3 and T4. When we look at T4, T4 is the inactive thyroid hormone. So we have T4, we basically have it inactive, and then our body has to actually convert that to T3. T3 is our active hormone. And so T3 is the one that actually acts on our tissues and our metabolism and does all the things that we need our thyroid hormones and our thyroid to, to do. So if we have TSH, T4, we still need to look at T3. And so that's gonna give us a better indication symptomatically what you should be feeling or, or what you are feeling. So I've seen it where your TSH can actually come up within the range, your T4 can come up within the range, but your T3 is actually low. And what that means is your body's having a hard time converting T4 to T3. So although your thyroid comes up and you look like you're completely healthy, you're in the normal range, you can still have fatigue and constipation and sore muscles and hair loss and dry skin and all of the symptoms that we would see with an underactive thyroid, weight loss, um, sorry, weight gain or trouble losing weight, one of those as well, when your thyroid is not working as well as it should be. So that's one circumstance that we need to look at because I've seen it plenty of times where, like I said, TSH is normal, T4 is normal, T3 is low. And so we need to help the body up that conversion and things that can up the conversion, things like zinc, things like selenium, things like um, magnesium, depending on what kind of picture we're looking at, um, that also happens in the gut. So making sure that you don't have any food sensitivities, looking at your bacteria balance in the gut. So there's a lot of different things to consider if we're really looking at that conversion alone. The other issue is the most common treatment for an underactive thyroid is Synthroid. So brand name Synthroid um, is pretty common. It's also called levothyroxine. So if you've been prescribed that, that's one of the most common treatments. And there's nothing wrong with that, but Synthroid is T4 and it's a synthetic T4. And so if you think about what I just explained about how our body needs to convert T3 to sorry, T4 to T3 in order to be active, you can also think that our body would need to take Synthroid, a synthetic T4, and change it into T3, which can be problematic if the issue we have, the core issue, is that conversion. And so 
again, we could run into the same problems. We could be on Synthroid. Because we're on Synthroid, our TSH looks great, our T4 looks great in the blood work, but we still don't feel great. And so in that case, it's really important to run T3 again to see if we are converting or if, if that's the issue, if we can't convert and that's why we're not able to lose weight. The last thing, um, or the second last thing I wanna talk about with respect to testing is going to be our antibodies. And so another thing that can happen is your thyroid, for whatever reason, um, can, your body can start to make antibodies towards your thyroid. And it's an autoimmune disease, so there's a number of different triggers and factors. Some of that can be stress. Um, in women, I find that the triggers for Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is what it's called, can be, again, stress, hormonal changes, so postpartum. Uh, when we're going into that menopausal phase, perimenopause can be a really big trigger as well when it comes to getting these antibodies. Uh, there's also been some research to certain infections being responsible for thyroid antibodies kind of creeping up. Things like Epstein-Barr virus or mono tend to uh, elicit that response in the body. So ultimately what happens is our body is attacking our thyroid. And so that can happen with no changes in our TSH, T3, T4, but it can give us symptoms still because our thyroid is still under that stress, still under that burden of virtually being attacked by our body. Our body looks at our thyroid as a foreign entity and tries to go after it. And so that can happen at any stage in life. If you have a family history of thyroid issues, a large percentage of an underactive thyroid is actually due to Hashimoto's thyroiditis, so the autoimmune component. Again, the conventional treatment for that is Synthroid. And so you can see how that really wouldn't work uh, in terms of helping the antibodies because Synthroid has been shown to actually not improve antibodies. And so if that's your main problem, you can have issues like infertility, again, problems losing weight, and you haven't even discovered the, the problem. So looking at that is really important, making sure, again, we're looking at TSH, T3, T4, antibodies. So usually anti-TPO will be the most common one. And then the last thing is called reverse T3. And so what reverse T3 does is it basically comes up and it almost hides our uh, T3. So it, it just basically doesn't allow our T3 to work properly. Things like stress can increase our reverse T3. So again, when we're looking at the thyroid, it's still important to look at the entire picture to see what exactly is going on everywhere when we're kind of evaluating that, especially when it comes to weight. So I'm gonna talk about a few things. I have a couple notes of things I found in the literature with respect to thyroid health when it comes to weight. And so from the research, they actually found that in um, weight loss patients, those who had a higher free T3, free T4, and total T4 levels, were associated with a greater weight loss during the first six months of a weight loss program. At six months and two years after that, changes in free T3 and total T3 levels were positively associated with changes in body weight and metabolic parameters. So that means like cholesterol, um, other lipids, insulin, that sort of thing, leptin, which um, I'll talk about at a later date, but that's our satiety hormone. So it helps us feel full. But interestingly enough, there was no patterns observed long-term for free T4 and TSH. 
So what does that mean? Well, in this study, they found that TSH levels did actually nothing to predict weight loss um, or weight regain. They found that the highest correlated levels with weight loss and weight regain were T3 and a little bit T4. So what am I saying? It is so important to make sure we're looking at T3 and T4 on top of TSH because if you are having trouble losing weight and you've ran your TSH and everything looks great, there can still be issues with T3 and T4. So when you're going to get your blood work done, ask for a full panel because the research is out there that is correlating the weight loss efforts to T3. So if we can get your T3 levels optimal, that can actually be more of a target to help with your weight loss. And so, like I said, Synthroid is the most common treatment. There are other treatments that, that we use. I mean, naturopathically, I listed a few different things. So if you're already taking Synthroid, you might not be getting the full benefits of Synthroid. So like I said, Synthroid is an inactive T4 and it's synthetic. So your body may or may not wanna recognize this and move it into T3, the active hormone. And if your body doesn't, then it's really doing nothing for you. Some people do really great with Synthroid. And so what we'll do is add in a couple extra nutrients to help whether there's antibodies or there's conversion issues. We kind of just give a little bit more nutrients to support. And so if that's the issue and we can get results doing that, then that's what we do. But naturopathic doctors also have access to desiccated thyroid. And so a lot of people do well on this because it actually is a predictable dose of both T3 and T4. And that is done through a compounding pharmacy. So if we think you need a little bit different support or you're not getting the results that you want from Synthroid, then this might be a good thing to ask about and look into for your own treatment. Similarly, um, we can use herbs, things like ashwagandha are really great in supporting the thyroid and supporting, especially if we also have a stress picture, uh, looking at making sure cortisol levels are balanced as well because cortisol uh, can actually reduce our receptor sensitivity to the action of thyroid hormones. So again, really important to look at stress as a factor as well. Looking at the gut, like I mentioned, T3 needs to be made part of that conversion happens in the gut. So if we don't have a healthy gut, that conversion is probably not gonna happen. So does that mean just taking any probiotic? Probably not. Uh, looking at things from a whole perspective, making sure there's no gut inflammation, looking at food sensitivities can be really, really important with respect to looking at an overall picture of your gut health. And if you have an autoimmune disease, again, looking at those antibodies, then we can treat from an autoimmune perspective. So we're looking at, um, again, gut health, diet, stress, inflammation, as well as giving your body factors that can actually help to convert your hormones appropriately and take the stress off the thyroid. So that's kind of the brief overview of the importance of thyroid in weight and why it's so important to make sure you get a full picture of your thyroid uh, for a variety of reasons, but especially in weight because we need to have targets that we're actually able to meet and evaluate. And if we don't have those numbers, we actually don't know where you're starting with. Thyroid is one of those things that I would say absolutely we need to test. You cannot guess what your thyroid is at. Um, it's just not one of those things that you can really gauge from a clinical intake or a clinical picture. 
a lot of the symptoms of a thyroid you or an underactive thyroid or an overactive thyroid you'd be surprised because a lot of it bleeds into other things we might think it's estrogen we might think it's stress and it certainly can be but it is important to test that to rule it out because if the thyroid needs help it doesn't matter what we do we need to help the thyroid and we can't just do that by guessing um, so, and there's no really, when it comes to the thyroid, I wouldn't say there's foods, there's foods certainly that you should avoid if you have an underactive thyroid, uh, things like soy would be huge. However, there's not really any foods that you can consume on a daily basis to make sure your thyroid is functioning optimally. If you have an underactive thyroid, then we need to actually make a clinical diagnosis, do the right testing and give you actual treatment that is going to push your thyroid in a way that will be helpful. So like I said, either you're on Synthroid and we give you support with other nutrients and herbs and supplements, um, dietary changes, things like that, depending on what your picture looks like, or we maybe transition you to desiccated thyroid. Uh, and that can really make a difference in weight loss efforts, as well as a number of other symptoms. So if you guys have any questions, you can let me know. Like I said, I'm gonna post this video probably on Facebook, on IGTV, so you can give it a watch if you didn't have time to watch this live. And you can always post your questions below there. Thanks guys.